0: Greetings and salutations, my lovely people. We are your hosts, Ryan Smith and Mitch Collins. This episode is number three and today Ryan and I will be interviewing a very dear friend and special guest, Todd Avalar. Todd has his PhD in counseling, clinical and school... Co- <laughs> psychology. <laughs> Ta- That's the name of the matriarch. <laughs> <laughs> <Psychology. Yeah. laughs> psychology. Sort of it's a new... Like whole time in grad school. <laughs> it's a cutting edge. Yeah. <laughs> It's a cutting edge kind of psychology, yeah. so check that out. Todd is professor of clinical psychology at Point Park University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he specializes in contemplative psychotherapy. Mm.
1: Very good. Boom. Yeah, got it. Great. All right. Now we always start off our cast by checking in with each other. We think that's really important for our for our own lives and for our practice. So, Mitch, why don't you kick us off? How's the last couple of weeks been for you? What's been going on? Any highlights? Any struggles, chances to grow, anything like that?
0: Absolutely. This last week has been really fun, uh, being that we're coming in, or we just had the Thanksgiving holiday, and we did something really special at the, at my job. We took all of our clients out and had a Thanksgiving feast with them. and nice. uh, Just got to change the scenery a little bit. We were out in the community at a restaurant, um, and they just had a blast. It was great seeing them kind of, in a social setting having fun we played board games and had raffle prizes and things like that wow. it was just a really good time uh we really enjoyed it and i got to have some great conversations with them so in a new context yeah. just becomes more about like life than just like the
1: work that we have to do right. all the time
0: absolutely and it helps me kind of contemplate kind of like how uh, fortunate you know we all are and um all the great benefits that we enjoy every single day that we take for granted so yeah. it was it was a good time i enjoyed it how about you yeah it uh
1: also had Thanksgiving, um, got to spend time with my wife and, and my mom for Thanksgiving. And this time of year, you get to think a lot about what you're grateful for. So mm-hmm. I definitely am grateful for this, that we're doing this after all the time. It's weird to see like it's the realization of this is happening. Mm. And know we're, we're now up on eight different platforms, which is incredible that technology allows us to do that. So it's been good. And I think it's good to see already where this is going, the trajectory of this. And I'm excited for what we're doing. And today we to have our first guest, which is also exciting. So Todd, why don't you tell us check in how you doing? Any thoughts about this, nerves, or yeah. concerns about jumping in with us? You know, it's really exciting
2: because it's funny. You know, I've been visiting for the last couple of weeks from Pittsburgh and getting started on my private practice in addition to teaching and being back here. Um, fresno and santa barbara which i consider my other hometown because that's where a lot of my friends and grad buddies are all of a sudden i'm reflecting on wow i just made it through six years of grad school and <laughs> now i'm a professional and now i'm building you know this brand of the kind of work that i'm really passionate about and you know just a couple days ago i was thinking about how i you know would be amazing to start start trying to do a podcast and then you know i ta- i texted um Anna, Mitch's wife, that, you know, so I was thinking about, she's like, oh, did you actually know that he and his friend Ryan started a podcast? (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. She's like, do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm excited. I'm here. Um, You know, I'm actually in the moment, like the nerves are starting to calm. I'm just checking in with myself and just trying to be, be really present because this is really, it feels
1: like in some ways a kickoff into this new phase of the career Mm -hmm. that I'm going into. That's great. yeah. And do you think that thing, I think it's really more than just he happens to be doing one, you're thinking one. I think there's bigger things that are at work as far as like serendipity, you know, that, that things are working like for a reason, for a purpose. That's yeah. how do you guys, you guys think about that. I stuff? was I just thinking that it's like the
0: universe is just calling us kind of how we came to this, you know, similar. Mm-hmm. We were thinking about doing it and then the Boys Do Cry podcast happened and we were guests on there. And then lo and behold, here we are doing our own cast. So it's kind of got this, you know, pay it forward almost feel to it. It's kind of weird. But yeah, I think, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways. And here we are.
2: Yeah, it's almost like you, the way I was thinking about it actually today too, is like doors. And if you know, if you have, I am mean, now I'm going to sound a little Oprah, but if you are, if you have intention <laughs> and you're walking in and you put it out there, but mm-hmm. really like the doors are all lot times perhaps there, but they don't right. open until you're ready for it. And so for me, I was even thinking about, this career that's starting to develop and wow it's it's once you start leaning into it once you start like really envisioning it there's nothing to stop you other than yourself and then i think the universe does kind of bring these serendipitous moments that are you can't predict you can't plan
1: Right. And now it's also you're ready for it, right? So I've heard the like this equation between preparation and luck. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the amount of preparation you do. So you're very prepared, but maybe not lucky, or maybe you're not, you don't have the vision for what you're looking for. Yeah. So you're missing all these opportunities all the time. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. flip side, you're looking for the opportunities, but you're not ready for them. Mm-hmm. And then come to you and you're like, I don't, I'm not ready for this. I don't know what to do with this. And maybe it could have been better. I'll still learn from it. But th- there is that interesting balance between preparation, luck, opportunity, all those things kind of coming together. Right. And then, whatever happened between you guys to meet years ago and then to this moment here, I think there's a, there's a, a planned, you know, kind of chain of occurrences that kind of a chain reaction that these things happen in. Mm-hmm. So how, how are you guys feeling about the, the cast day? Anything you guys want to get out of it? Anything, anything come to mind?
0: Well, I'd definitely love to learn more about con- contemplative psychotherapy. I think that's really interesting and uh, I'm excited you're here share that with me and so i'm, I'm excited to learn to okay. expand on. yeah absolutely you yeah know?
2: and as i'm sitting here I, I can feel the energy and it's just like like an exchange we talk about in psychotherapy psychotherapy, an exchange happens the mutual exchange yeah. Yeah. yeah and so i can feel that in the room which is makes me excited to talk about it and and i'm thinking with that it's almost like i see this as kind of a jumping off point for me where now i'm really like sitting down and you know oftentimes you know you go into particularly for me over the last few years Interview for internship, interview for postdoc, interview for this, interview for that. And you have like your little spiels about this is who I am in an elevator. But it's always canned, right? It's always polished. Right. You've prepared it. Um, and in some ways this feels nice because it's like, oh, yeah, this is this is why I'm sitting here, both metaphorically and literally, right. in a way that's just real and not, not something like I'm not trying to Put impress upon, anybody right. right now.
1: And I think that's important. I think for me, at least, doing this kind of work that I'm seeing this revolution maybe in the last, you know, eight, 10 years of being more congruent. If we always talk about congruence, like being congruently myself yeah. and I'm not having to hit switches, right? We're kind of taught to code switch throughout our lives, mm-hmm. uh, either consciously or subconsciously. Mm-hmm. When you're in school, you do this. When you're with your parents, you, you say these kind of things. And I think, What I'm seeing, at least in our practice, the people that I feel like that I'm gravitating towards, the therapist, the psychologist I'm gravitating towards, live that life of congruence. This is who I am all the time. And this is much easier and much healthier just to be that as opposed to, oh, so-and-so's in the room. I better edit or I better, you know. So I think that's part of one of our visions that you already picked up on is creating those spaces, like safe spaces for people to be exactly who they are so Mm. and that's how this came up mitch just said hey can we do this we get there's this you know really good friends in town i completely trust his judgment so yep let's make it happen and capitalize on it so absolutely how about you anything you're expecting
0: out of this mitch just to learn and just to be open and see what shows up at the table you never know so i'm excited how about you ran
1: yeah the same like i said i just it's a cool opportunity i love meeting new people i always feel like there's Uh, I guess call them like divine appointments, you know, Mm. people that you meet for intentions. There's reasons why. Mm -hmm. And you come back later, like, wait, I know somebody who does this. I better, I'm going to reach out to that person, you know, and and find out, you know, how they can help me or help somebody else that I'm working with. And just keep expanding those, those networks. The world is much smaller than we think it is. And I think we find that out more and more. And technology affords us all this, you know, that kind of luxury of the world is getting a much smaller place, more Mm -hmm. connected. I hope that's my hope. Yeah. Resonance. Yeah. Together. All right, Todd, so how do you answer that,
0: what do you do question when you're out and about, maybe, uh, you know, socializing, having, you know, a soda pop on, you know, ice or whatever?
2: Yeah. You know, it's always <laughs> pop on pop ice. On ice. <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> like that. That's your only option. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've got to think about like, how is it different than water or like ice and frozen? What if
1: I don't like ice? Oh. What if I don't want it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: I guess you have to adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Be flexible. <laughs> Be flexible.
2: <laughs> um, you know, it's always actually, you know, at first on like a comical note, it's always interesting out in public because like there's different, we talked about, you talked about code switching um, a, a moment ago um, and how sometimes in settings, I don't know if you two ever experience this, where you can feel the energy oh, yeah. from someone being curious in what you do, but, but also because it's coming from a place of I feel comfortable with you and I want to learn more about myself. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, wanting to be really open with that and sit with them and also being boundaried enough, I right. guess. Um, but usually I feel like I'm pretty, you know, I just, you know, if I do feel that, I'll, I'll name it, I'll own it. But if I had to think about how to describe what I do is – I'm a helper. I'm to myself and to others. Like that's just try to energy I try to bring into my life, but also a helper of like you know we can think about it in all these kind of fancy ways of this is my orient theoretical orientation. Right. My framework that I mean to This right. is the research blah, right. blah 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 that's right. supporting it. And for me, I'm like yeah, well, that's true. But the way I see myself being helper is being really in tune with myself, all the reasons why I'm coming to the table. And with the imperfections. And that congruence again. Yeah. That congruence. Yeah, working on myself first yeah.
1: for my work for others. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and knowing it's a process, right? right. So not that I'm trying to reach this utopia, enlightened right. space where I'm perfect. right? Because the moment I do that, that's signaling to my clients that they're not worthy.
1: Right, or they can't connect with you yeah. because there's nothing to grab onto. No, there's not. Yeah. In our first podcast, we talked about yeah. we both... You know, I can already tell I'm already gravitating towards you just meeting you today, but demystifying what we do. You know, I kind of said before this work started in barbershops and bars and you know, people you just felt safe to talk to about that didn't know the real personal parts of your life or didn't have a face that you recognize, like I can't say this in front of so and so. And that's where the work started from. So we sometimes we kind of bloat the work, you know, for whatever self importance or I'm sure there's other reasons. There's I mean, there's we know there's reasons to use the frameworks we use and those things, but I don't think that really impresses the people that we're working with or draws them any closer to us you know mm-hmm. so no.
2: no and and for me the way that i think about it too is you're the way i see in particularly you know in this type of therapy i do i mean the first step is resonance with yourself being in tune with your body so before we started talking you know even before you had this podcast and like noticing the nerves instead of trying to get away from it. I was like, okay, that's where I'm at right now, and that's okay, and we're going to go into this and really sitting with that. And for me, I think oftentimes as therapists, we sometimes want to, I'm going to go into the room, and I'm going to be ready for that. Have and control and yeah. control the room and the space. and Yeah, yeah. And and I think for me, it's all about letting go of the right. control, letting right. go of that fallacy that everything's going to be compartmentalized and just being with whatever's there.
1: Right. And that allows you to flex with what the, the needs of the client is, you know. Yeah. Otherwise it's really just you kind of impressing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Which we've seen all we've all seen people do that. And even if you guys don't do this, you guys know that people just love kind of the sound of their voice and they love what mm-hmm. they do and and I don't know <laughs> that they can be really that effective in what they're doing, you know. So I think you're right. If you don't if you're not so stuck in your the mastery of yourself then you really can be open to the people around you. Or like you said, that energy exchange you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So if you were were saying that resonance, can you explain that? What do you mean by kind of resonance with yourself or resonance with others? Can you kind of break that down a little bit?
2: Yeah. So when I think about this, even from, I think it definitely applies to the clinical work, but I think it just applies in general when you're talking with people and you're connecting people in everyday life, is one, seeing where you are in the moment. So if I'm sitting with someone and I'm feeling really nervous, really anxious, You know, if I'm not checking in with that wavelength, I'm putting that energy out there. And if they're – so if I'm – clinically, if I'm working with someone who's anxious and I'm anxious, that's going to tell them they have a reason to be be anxious. anxious. And that's when I think about a resonance or exchange of Mm -hmm. that resonance and you just build on top of that. But if you start from a place of, no, I'm imperfect and this is I'm feeling nervous too. Um, And if I have a client and I'm meeting with them and I can feel that in the moment – and just naming that it really just lets us both off right the hook.
1: that vulnerability yeah that being being vulnerable how important that is yeah. yeah
2: and I think that's for me that's especially important because you know I'm a first generation college student I you know really had to personally as, as as Todd as just a human being and also professionally as someone who didn't have the skills or the the direction in the beginning of these are the steps you have to take to you know right. make it through or even like know what grad school was. Like, for a long time, you know, I don't know how it was for you, both of you, when you were going to school, but, like, looking around, I'm like, oh, these people n- know their shit. Mm-hmm. You know, these people are really on top of it. Right. And I start thinking, maybe I'm not.
1: Right. And when we talk about that, yeah. the danger of comparisons, right? You start yeah. comparing yourself, and that's really, mm-hmm. it always goes down. There's no, in my in my life, at least the people I've worked with, any type of comparisons we're making always end up with you tearing yourself up. That's right. how I've always found that to be true. Do you find that too much? Oh, absolutely. I think. Yeah. Definitely, thinking back, you brought me right back to like the first day of grad school. (laughs) I
0: was absolutely doing that, looking around the room, like, man, all these people look like they know what they're doing, and how am I going to stack up, you know? And then like one course in, I'm like, I got got this. this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was I? Why Why was was I I so stressed out about that, you know? And but that's kind of human nature. I think we have that tendency to devalue kind of our strengths and Mm -hmm.
1: overvalue other people's strengths, right? Yeah. You know, which leads to that. Kind of giving away your power to people, which we talk right. about a lot, is mm-hmm. giving away control and influence to other people, right? Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of a, it doesn't return. Like Mitch talks about like the return of investment. It, there's no return mm-hmm. of investment in doing that. You yeah. know, when you do that, it's, it's always down. 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 And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And well, spins around and gets worse. And yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's just the way I see it too is, I mean, unless you are. Like, and I think it's rare that someone is truly, they believe 100% with their body, with their mind, with their spirit, that they know it all. But we, it looks like they know it all right. because they're all, we're all trying to like make right. ourselves through this
1: world. And I think that's a protection thing. I think people do that for protection. Yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And I have to carry myself in this way so I don't show any vulnerability, right? And I think that's the kind of the revolution I keep talking about Brene Brown, but talking about her mm-hmm. research and vulnerability and how that's really... The strongest position. It really is a position of strength, which is completely counter to all parts of our society. There's not a lot of things in our society say it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay. It's actually the strongest place to be. I mean, look at our look at our president right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing vulnerable about that guy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into a political discussion, but there's just no. He doesn't. There's just nothing that exudes that at all. And when we look in society, we look for those reinforcers, right? Why should I try to do this? Or and if I don't see it happening around me, vulnerability, Mm -hmm. then why would I ever try to experiment with this myself? So and then it doesn't happen so I think that's another great reason for this this you know space is to create vulnerability you know with, yeah. with other people and with ourselves like you said if I start with me I can actually project that out it's okay to just be you and be messy and you know mm-hmm. and work together on something Yeah, You're not trying
2: to protect something that maybe isn't even there right you are know, not trying to protect some kind of fear and you know I think we visualize in our minds what it is that, we don't want other people to see. Right. But if we allow ourselves to be seen, we actually feel more connected. That's right. And most of the time, you know, even if somebody says something to you and said, I don't know, we we're talking about, you know, hearing ourselves back in our voices on the podcast earlier. And, right. you know, that that being a vulnerability, right? But if somebody if you are like, nope, that's my voice, and um, and somebody s- knocks that and you know, trolls online or something, you could be like, No, that's Okay, well, okay, maybe that is the case. Maybe you don't like my voice. Maybe That's it does okay. sound terrible to yeah. a lot of people. And then what? Right. You don't have anything to help run from anymore.
1: Well, and the flip side too is in the positive way is it may be a gift. You may have a gift that you're not sharing because you're trying to protect.
2: Yeah. Certain things,
1: right? How many times have you guys been in situations where you share a vulnerability and you can feel the energy in the room completely shift mm-hmm. and everybody kind of settles down and goes. Oh, okay. They're sharing that. Then I'm gonna share, right? We've seen that Mitch and I had a ton of trainings that we've done. Mm. We start out by being vulnerable and the whole room, the whole room shifts. You know, yeah. it could be seventy-five people. We've had trainings and the whole room just changes tone. Mm-hmm. Once we say, Hey, this is where we're at and we're gonna make mistakes and I'm here because I you know, I, I'm trying to learn too, I'm on a journey with you guys, and then the whole room just you know, and that's a gift that you're giving, you know, to mm-hmm. that to give that space, you know, for the people together. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. So we got the what-do-you-do question. So what led you to working in the mental health field? Mm. That's a big question. Um, yes, it is. It is.
2: <laughs> you know, and this is the one I try to be really careful about not preparing for.
1: Because Time to, to get vulnerable.
2: Yeah, I need to be vulnerable right now. <laughs> oh, gosh. I want to make sure I'm being vulnerable correctly.
1: <laughs> so then you're not being vulnerable. Right? I'm not you're being already, vulnerable. You're it's doing a cycle. It again. It's a vicious yep. cycle. Yep. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right, let me
2: check in with myself.
1: Our protective mechanisms are so intense, yeah, right? I mean, we, we're just trained. Like I said, there's just not a lot of places in society where you just sit down with people that you maybe just met and you start being open about all parts of yourself, right? right. So there's not a lot of places or reasons for us to go, well, this is okay to do this. Should I do this? Right. And I think when you do have some really good friendships and you mm-hmm. build those, then you kind of do it outside of that because you know I still got that one person yeah. that, that I can deal with and I'm okay. That gives me strength to try at other places too. Yeah,
2: yeah. So. And isn't it, and, and I'll share in a moment, it, but it is funny
1: how even as practitioners that we get in that pattern right. ourselves. Yeah. Um and we've been in a ton of, like, county meetings where yeah. it's the introduce yourself section, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody has to say every every letter after their name for every degree they've ever had. And you're like, okay, is that kind of meeting again? <laughs> or, like, all Serious? the ribbons from their, yes. I don't know, at
2: APA, we have, like, the ribbons yes. on our, like, name tags. And it's, like, yeah. a full rainbow spectrum down right. to their knees. And I'm like, well, it's pretty, but... Right. Where's uh, that getting you? Yeah. But you
1: see, once someone starts that, then everyone's got to, like, I'm going to one-up that, I'm going to one-up yeah. that, I'm going to one-up that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's what happens in those kind of settings, so, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Frankly, I think, and we'll see how, where this goes, you know, I you know people a lot of times talk about research as me search or, you know, mm. psychologists or therapists or anyone in the helping profession does it because of their own experience. Right. And I, I can't, yeah, I can't imagine it, you not having some personal piece of that and in investment in the work right. and then to sit in front of somebody else who's bearing their soul with you. Right. Um, you know, for me, I think, really, it... I mean, it saved my life. Psychology, um, like, and I mean that without any extra garnish or whatever. But that's just what it is. Um, so I'm thinking back. You know, I, you know, had a good, solid, you know, family. Every family has their issues, uh, but I was pretty severely bullied actually when I was um, in elementary school and then middle school. You know, physically and verbally. Mm-hmm. You know, and as I was moving through that. I mean, for me, I went from being, you'd see pictures of me when I was a child, and I was like jumping around. I was real, just like kind of sassy and like playful and and
1: being yourself, just kind of being yourself, completely yourself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then when all that happened, I mean, I just, like, I look back now and I can see pictures of myself, or I can almost visualize. Time that line. moment from
1: that picture, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. like um, Mitch, just a second ago, for people who can't see, kind of like crouched down. And there was this like crouching feeling where not only internally did I implode, but also physically I, you know, I turned to food. I mean, I played mm. video games, ate a lot. And, you know, in many ways, food, my games became a coping mechanism. right? And I moved further away from people.
1: And a protection from everybody, yeah. Yeah. Yep.
2: And just interesting how we internalize a lot of, like, even though it was for a few years where it was intense, you, you didn't start to believe those voices. Right. And for me, I think it was just, I also noticed that it started to go towards my relationships with other people. socially, of Romantically, you know, being with, you know, m- men who were abusive too.
1: Right. 'Cause that's what you experienced. To, so that's, that's what you were drawn yeah, to. And yeah. then the cycle continues. Yeah. It did. Yep.
2: And so it, for me, I mean, it was just there was a moment and I'm I'm trying to right now remember like, oh, what was Like the a turning bulb? point or something. Yeah. Or, yeah. I can't quite remember it, but I remember there was in I think high school sometime where I just said, This is not it's there's two ways that this can go. It's either Going to be the end, or I'm mm-hmm. going to continue on, and I mean that. You know, I had lots of ways, yeah, lots of ways, yep. and I didn't want that to be the way. So then, for me, I really went and said, "Okay, what do I need to do?" And I started to, you know, do some personal training as a way, and it, and it was hard too because you know when you want to like be healthy, you can sometimes what we call, a, a, you know, we'll talk about maybe a little bit later, contemplative psychology, spiritual bypassing, where you're mm. like, if I'm this body to for this or that, all of a sudden i will be level. It'll fix everything. Yeah. 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 And I said, like, I worked through that in a lot of ways. And it's always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But I just, for me, through that, like, I just wanted to find myself again. Like, I missed that Todd that existed when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Someone who was creative, who wanted to, you know, be playful, be loving with others. And so when I started taking up psychology, we talked about earlier, like, doors open up. And as soon as I started saying, I don't know what I need to do, but I'm going to lean towards this because this seems to be a path that Mm -hmm. I can help myself. And if I can help myself, then I can help others. Um, And doors really started to open up at that point. I started meeting mentors. I, you know, being, you know, no one in my family has gone to college at all. And I didn't even, when I thought, oh, I you know, maybe I'll be a therapist. I didn't even know what
1: that was. What that, how you get there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: How you get there or what that even would actually look like. Right. Um, and so I had some mentors here who just said, you know what, transfer to a four-year, do research, get involved, stuff that you're interested in. And I said, okay. I didn't know, I didn't question, it. I just said, have nothing to lose. And then I wound up at, you know, UC Santa Barbara and... Long story short, I met someone who was an assistant in one lab and they left and I was like, I think I need to be in that lab. And so I just started to like message the grad students mm. without even knowing the graduate advisor was like the the leader of the research oh, wow. the one that was like the big no name in the field i was like they're doing lgbt research okay oh, wow. that's cool
1: i'll just head that way yeah i'll yeah. just head that way see what happens
2: and so i remember um, and her name is tanya i remember the day that she walked up to me when i was with some of the graduate students out in like this quad area and she goes oh hi i'm tanya and I was like, "Oh, hi, Tanya, nice to meet you." But I thought she was, you know, like a guidance counselor, like the people that you meet and they plan your classes. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that she was like this, oh, this world-renowned LGBT researcher that everyone <laughs> talks about at conferences. And I look back, and I mean, she's always mentored me wow. personally and professionally, and and it's and and I, you know, it's a strong mentor when. I think a lot of people who are leaders of whatever they're doing have that that rainbow spectrum badges on their mm. name tag. Like they would be offended by that. She was just like, oh, and you know, I was so just oblivious, but she just brought me in and she saw me and, and I mean, it was just through the process of grad school and working through that imposter syndrome, meaning that's a process, right? Like you're always working through that. I just, for me, I realized that there's so much opportunity in this field to continue to get to know myself better yeah. and as I started to coming full circle to earlier of the resonance with yourself mm-hmm. and being in tune with okay right now this is the that energy that that hurt person or this is my proud energy or this is my confidence and just knowing where I'm at it allows me to just or it makes me I feel like I'm always so curious to just get to know people mm-hmm. like I'm even at like parties or get-togethers, I'm just like, I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to get and in your world and see what it's like, yeah. and that connection. And and so it all comes back to community and connection mm-hmm. for me. And, and I'm now at this time of looking back, I think, of, um, how do you say, um, like how I was mentioned being here in town for Thanksgiving and looking back at the progress, how there really was a turning point to where Doors just started to open up. And the only thing that I got in my way at times is myself mm-hmm. and meaning whatever I've internalized from others. And mm-hmm. and that's what also, then I think that that's what draws me to just Eastern philosophy and mindfulness meditation just allows you to just be with all the imperfections and knowing there's beauty and wisdom underneath. And that. all of it. Yeah. 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 And that we each have that, mm-hmm. even if it's uniquely, hard
0: to see. right? Yeah. Uniquely have it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, with that being said, and in, in you've you've gone through this massive growth. I, I hear that in, in this process of becoming a PhD and now a professor. What are some new behaviors or beliefs or habits that you've adopted, say within the last few years, that have really been a positive uh, impact in your life?
2: Yeah. I think the first thing, just on a very practical point, that I can just really name when I'm doing it, is I think in the past... What I've done and going into interactions with people, clients, you know, professors, whoever, is almost like this dog-like quality that's like, hi, you know, and I just want to jump in there. Mm. And I want the connection, but sometimes I just want to overly please because if I overly please mm-hmm. the other person, mm-hmm. then I'm good, right? And then I'm like somehow of worth and because that's the that message, that internalized piece, I think. So the
0: underlying out. piece of that is that you're not worthy
1: unless you do that. Yeah. That your worth is... Yeah, So I'm also a people pleaser in recovery, mm-hmm. so I can totally resonate with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's where you find yourself in that loop where I'm pleasing everybody else without even checking in with me. Mm-hmm. right? And you find out like, this is kind of diminishing returns. I'm not getting anything back. Mm-hmm. But I keep in that loop of making sure everybody else is good, everybody, checking in with everybody else, yeah. make sure they're, they're happy, fighting their fights for them, and then mm-hmm. where am I at? Yeah. You know, there's nothing left. Yeah,
2: and I don't know if, you, if either of you have experienced that when you get in that mind frame. There's almost this feeling of, mm, like, giving is good, but to where you give so much, right. you don't stop for yourself. Right. You don't, it's almost like I'm thinking about, like, an image that's popping up, like, if I'm walking around and giving everybody a snack, or, like, you know, I'm at a cocktail party and giving everyone, like, a wine, and then I run and out. You're and, yeah, and you're hungry. And you're hungry. I'm hungry still. And yep. I've
1: talked, and I keep going, and... Um, There's some anxiety in that too for me when yeah, I do that. And really? I, I feel uneasy all the time, no, no matter what step I'm taking. Yeah. And then Mitch knows this because he's known me a long time. And that leads to me always checking in with them. Hey, what do you want? You good? Or yeah. Should we do this? Did I do something to upset you? And I wrap myself in this kind of quandary and I can't even find a way out of this maze I've just mm. created. You know. It's a maze. Be- it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. And the more you try, like, you know, when you practice mazes, I'll I'll, I'll start. I'll cheat. I'll start from the finish and work back to the, mm-hmm. but if I can't figure it out, I keep trying harder and harder. And I keep getting more confused, trying to find my way out of it. And that's for me, that's where that that people pleasing, you know, is a is a dangerous loop. How yeah. have you noticed,
2: like, do you notice it when it's happening? Or oh yeah, do you, now okay, I do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. After working on it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. And Mitch has seen that. And that's actually going to be a topic we're going to tackle next yeah. in, our, in another episode oh. is advocating for yourself, kind of sharing your own needs, you know, first and be okay with that. Yeah. And that's that worth piece Right mm-hmm. Saying like I'm worth this And, I'm, and I, I'm not Maybe even owed this And that's okay And that's not a selfish thing Because a lot of people say Well that sounds selfish <laughs> Right But how can I give to others when I have nothing to give to right. myself and I don't have anything in here? So similar to your analogy, it's like, if I keep pouring out to everybody else, I'm just an empty bottle eventually, yeah. right? No. So I got to be around people that can pour into me. I got to be able to pour into myself, right? And then it's an exchange, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And then it's you actually can give more when they're doing that. And right. Everyone benefits.
1: And then you find a way you start purifying your friendships and your relationships. And you're like, you know what? This friendship is not giving back to me, and I see that now. Mm-hmm. So now I need to change this dynamic or I got to end this, you know, this relationship exactly. and get into the better ones that are really you know helping me grow yeah and that's uh, you
2: know for me I think that's where like I've come to this place now of like what's what I do now is noticing when there's that energy like and I almost think about it as so the animal that I connect always actually the most with it and has in my own therapy that I've done is there is that dog-like energy but it's, there's also a fox-like energy mm. one that can observe and notice and be able to like see in a way of like okay, what is what action do I need to take right now mm-hmm. that's going to serve me and others, and I think for me what it comes down to is I'm having maybe two concrete things that I do is, one is, just knowing when I'm taking that kind of persona where I'm now all of a sudden caregiving so much and I can usually notice it because I start feeling unheard, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I start feeling almost resentful sometimes where. Mm. I think a lot of people who don't like who know me but don't know me see me as someone, and and I think this is true. This is part of me, as happy as go
1: lucky, as right. someone who's probably And then you're not for some reason. And oh, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, I get that all the time too. Um yep. Yeah, and they're like,
2: well, I don't. know, I it's just me.
1: Yeah. It's just me in the moment. But and I can be sad and it's okay. Right, but before that, it would be like, oh, I better. There is something wrong with me, You're right. What did I do? Mm-hmm. How do I? How do I fix that? Yeah. And so just in those moments saying, Which keeps what? laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> he knows oh, all he's this. He's like, I know this. He knows
0: he all this knows. is true. He's seen yeah. these
1: patterns oh. like well, over it, 10 I years. I mean,
0: definitely when we first uh, started getting to know each other, Ryan and I, and became friends, you know, I very early on I noticed he was like, so hey, what game do you want to play? Or what movie do you want to go to? What food <laughs> what do, do you, you like? want to eat? Where yeah. do you want to go? And I'm at one point I finally looked at him and I said, Ryan, I want to go and eat and do
1: whatever you want to do. Oh, so pick. And he just yeah. waited on me to pick. And, and honest, I was like, yeah. Like, uh F- but i hadn't really We're had friends. anybody <laughs> but i hadn't but i'd never had anybody do that it was always kind of my will kind of conceding to everybody else's desires right mm-hmm. and that's how i kind of lived my life and then somebody calls me out on it I'm like i get a okay i want chinese food so let's go do that and he's like okay let's go do that yeah you yeah. know that's nice and yeah. then it's like oh and it was real cuz yeah. sometimes people do it and they'll say no no you pick and you say well i want oh, i i want to get uh, ramen today mm-hmm. I'm like ah oh, no no, 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 I'm not. Into, I'm not into ramen. You know, you get those people yep. to do that to you, right? So it's like a half. It's like a half. A half gift. I'm gonna give you a half gift. I'm still gonna pull it back on you. No, whatever you wanna do is. I'm cool. gonna consider your preferences. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whatever you wanna do, and then I get frustrated because <laughs> I've tried to be. You know, and it's like, okay, yeah. what do you want to do? Now we're back in that loop again. i right? plays in them again. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And so I think with that is I just take pauses. Like that's the big thing. I say in the moment. I check in with myself. Okay, noticing where I'm at right now. So even when. You know, because Ryan, I hadn't met you before. Right. And so I was like, I had no idea what to expect. I know I feel comfortable with Mitch, but I don't know what, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard your voice on the last podcast. I'm like, oh, this seems like a pretty cool guy, mm-hmm. but not knowing you. And so even when I pulled up, I like I pulled up on the side of the house and I was like, I'm just going to take a one minute in my car and to just check in, yeah. Check in where am I, where are my nerves and, you know, scanning throughout my body, getting a sense of my emotion. And then once I visualize that, then I'm like, okay, well, that's the quality of this wave. And so now that I can visualize that wave I'm just going to sail on top of that wave and know sometimes I might I might like crash into it or I might mm-hmm. fall into it but I can get back onto it again.
1: And that gives you some power, right? That's part of that empowerment yeah. of getting back in control of it again. Is mm-hmm. naming it, now I'm going to own it. Now I've got some say in how I want to ride that wave or not. Yeah. So, and that's a key piece to getting back on track when you find mm-hmm. yourself, you know, in that in that loop. Mm. Yeah. Right.
0: Creating that space, creating that pause definitely lets you or empowers you to then respond to your environment versus just reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Which is really cool. So one of your habits, like you said, is making the pauses and then checking pauses. in with yourself. That's a, that's a habit you've created. Any other ones mm-hmm. that kind of come to mind?
2: Let me think. I mean, really, what it comes down to is that that pause in so many different forms. You know, whether that's through breathing, whether that's through just like noticing my bodily sensations. Um, also, what I do now, too, on a much more just kind of like social level, which I'm noticing is deepening my connections with others, is in some ways friends that I've had for some time that maybe I haven't broken that, I don't know how you put it, the um, the gloss, the veneer mm-hmm. of Would I'm I have pleasing to? you, yeah. Yeah. is having conversations with them. So even when I was in Santa Barbara, I have two um, good friends, and for various reasons, with both of them, I have different ways where when I'm with them, I'm like trying to caregive, or right. I feel like, okay, I'm just going to bracket off this and this and this part of myself. About me, yeah. And realizing the last couple times that we've spent time together, knowing we're good friends, knowing that they love me and I love them, and at the same time being like, we're not connecting. This is right. not sustainable. And so really now... When that's happened, I've, like, started to learn to tell those type of friends, like, this is where I'm coming from, this is what I'm going to work on. And counting on that, not that they're going to do all this work for me, but that I'm going to make these, these, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a word, these steps, these, mm-hmm. that I'm going to, like, get outside my comfort zone and trust in their friendship. And knowing that that's going to deepen it and that I can be more... um Authentically me
1: Congruent, right. Congruent. Congruent. Yeah. Well you're also adjusting The, the dynamic of the relationship yeah. Right Because you're saying like Hey I'm going to I'm going to show up at the table too Just mm-hmm. like you do And this is how I'm going to Kind of state my needs And say what I, what I want And mm-hmm. just kind of put that out there And yeah. then So I want you to know That's what I'm going to do from now on yeah. And then that mm-hmm. kind of kind of rewrites or rebuilds that friendship right mm-hmm. and you see how they respond right yeah. are they gonna go along with you and say uh, no that's not a relationship you do what I say that's how this has been for years and that happens right he yeah. set a boundary with somebody and they go no 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 I don't like I don't like that I'm you're supposed to give to me mm-hmm. and then you have to come back and go well All right, I'm not okay with that right now. Mm -hmm. So am I gonna keep this going, this dynamic, or am I Mm -hmm. gonna distance myself or but it's only because Mm -hmm. you first started valuing yourself that you would even take that chance in the first place. You're you're pulling back that veil, right? And exposing
0: yourself. Mm -hmm. And the hope is that, hey, you've been my friends for a long time and I'm
2: hoping you'll stay with me. Yeah,
0: you return Mm -hmm. that. Yeah.
2: And if they don't, then that tells you something. And if they don't, that's okay.
0: Yeah. But you wanna be your full, complete self. And you don't want to continue to keep compartmentalizing pieces of yourself, which isn't a true friendship
1: if you can't. And it's exhausting. Because yeah. really, you're that switching again, right? Right. I can't be myself, and I'm trying to be somebody else when I'm with them, and now I'm exhausted, right? So that's also being able to say, like we said before, seasons. Like, the season of this yeah. friendship <laughs> is is ending. I'm moving mm-hmm. to a new season. And when I do that, Mitch and I have talked about, you can really have about five close relationships at any mm-hmm. given time. We only have enough energy to do that. We can't really maintain any deep relationships mm-hmm. beyond five which is contrary to twitter and instagram and all the followers right so if that's okay that that season ends and now i have room for a new one right and that's going to be even better because i know who i really am i'm going to draw that kind of friendship to me
2: mm-hmm. and you know and i'm even thinking about seasons and within a friend like within a particular friendship in almost as a you can be transparent. You can be you. And sometimes you're going to piss each other off. Sometimes you're going to irritate yeah. each other. You're going to, like, go through a winter season with them, and things are going to be nippy, and you're going to be like, it's too cold. I'm going to go inside. I'll see <laughs> right. you later. And, and and that can be a good friendship, too, because yeah. at the end of the day, I think we all want to feel like people are present with us throughout all of the imperfections. Right. So I, I can say something. You don't like it. And we can agree that we don't like it. But we still feel like, but I still love, I still care, and I still see you through all of that. Yep.
1: Yep. And that's when you know it's a real friendship is when you can be maybe not your best self, you know. And that person's like, yep, yep, this is just where you're at, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to have the same thing, you know, and that's okay, too. Yeah. That's the kind of friendship you want. Mitch, Mitch and I, and I know other people, you want the friendships where you can kind of say, whoa, I mean, can we check in? Because I don't know if you're going that place. And you'll say the things that maybe that person doesn't want to hear. But the trust is there to say, yeah, I know this is coming from a place of care. So yeah. I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to take that into consideration. And we talk about, too, being empowered. Just because you have a great idea doesn't mean that I have to do it, <laughs> right? Which is hard for people to understand it. <laughs> well, I have the best solution for uh-huh. you. Oh, well, thank you. I, I Thank you. I'm going to hold on to that. But I may not do that right now. Yeah. And that's how really hard for people, especially people pleasers, not to just go, okay, I'll just go with the way that you're telling me. That's mm-hmm. the best solution. So I'll just follow you and do that. And that starts the same pattern again. Yeah. Right? I love so, that. Thank you for sharing. That's right. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> that's we use I that.
2: Appreciate your opinion. Your that's suggestion. right. We use
1: that a lot, and that's a re, it's a great way to recognize that they've said something, but not have to say that I'm going to take part in what you're actually right. doing. Hey, thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And people are kind of stunned. They're like, "Well, yeah, but what now? I, I told you. So, what are you going to do about it? I'm just thanks for letting me know. Yeah, you know, thanks for sharing your thoughts. I appreciate mm-hmm. that, man. I know that you that's coming from a place of care, and you really can stop that impeding desire for the person to try to fix you right and you know in your work our work we don't fix anybody right Mm -hmm. it's just that's that congruence again i'm working on me and then project Mm -hmm. it outwards and show others people how to do the same thing for themselves
2: right and that feels almost like a skill it is one in which there's the yeah there's the real psych there's a real therapeutic work to be able to go inwards to be able to um contemplate your yourself and your Not just your identity as in like, I'm a teacher, I'm this, I'm that, but of, no, I'm noticing this is where the real pain is. Mm -hmm. And then teaching folks that not only do you not have to change that, but you can be present with it. Right. And when you do that, actually then, you know, the way that you act in life, the way that you move forward in the world actually just in process of that starts to be much more pure and much more clear and decisions start to become much more obvious because you can stop and check in. Am I doing this from the place of fear or am I noticing and observing the fear? And then maybe now I know what I need to actually do. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: it's accepting or dare I say radically accepting. Right. Those that's right. let reinforce that. Yeah, we talk right. about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without naming it or judging it, just saying this is where it's at. And then we talk a lot about the uncomfortability the longer you can sit in those spaces of mm-hmm. uncomfortability with yourself and with others, that's where the growth happens. Right. That's yeah. where the work the happens. Bringing the compassion to the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to. And that's what has to happen You know, to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, be compassionate with yourself. Be compassionate with your peers, mm-hmm. your friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you did it with yourself. when you checked in in the car. You're like, yeah. I'm compassionate with myself. And I'm going to try this anyway. And try to meet this new strange person. And try mm-hmm. this new thing. And and you did that. And you had, that starts that started the work before you even came in the door. That started right. getting you ready to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. let's switch gears. Cool. Okay. So uh, what is a purchase you've made for under $100 mm-hmm. that has most improved your life? So, of course, it could be something free, but... Ever? Sure. Just whatever comes to mind.
2: Okay. I'm trying to think of, like, purchases now. What purchases have I done? Um, I don't know if this is, like... This is not this is the first thing that's coming to my mind right now, is it's not so much like a tangible object. It's more of like an experience of thinking about... So here's an example of something right now that I'm doing um, is knowing that I know, you know, okay, this is how I can help clients with healthy eating or healthy living, you know, holistically, if you will, lifestyle choices, even though I know those things and I can help a client see their insecurities and I can help them... Strategize or plan, I still know, but in my own stuff, I could get caught up in my own gunk too. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean like I still go, you know, I'm every day at this, you know, CrossFit gym and I'm like, I'm like, that guy could lift me over here i'm mm-hmm. like and i'm never gonna be able to do that or i mean i guess i could but it's not something i strive to but you know just, that's not but it's i look around and those those comparisons again Making those, those comparisons. comparisons i'm telling you yeah. it's, the,
1: it's the doom of it, comparisons it's there
2: and yep. and that's i think that's the thing for me is looking at okay those are always going to be there right you know act for instance you know they talk acceptance commitment therapy they talk about like the voices on the bus or the passengers on the bus right. and all of your like all of these like no you're not good enough or no you're fat or no you're this or, right. no you voices that. in the cave yeah. like voices our last, in the cave a yeah, little,
0: little demon in your mind just yeah. whispering yeah. all these different things to yourself the yeah. echo chamber in your head yeah
2: and they're going to be there mm-hmm. they're not going to just disappear ever those are going to be with us, but if we can be with them, they stop, they loosen up the grip.
1: Right. Right. They lose power over you. Yeah. they yeah. lose
2: power and you can see through them. And so for me knowing that about myself and knowing that this is still for me something that I'm like, okay, this is a process that I need to have. Um, I have, um, this is under hundred dollars. He's, he's wonderful. So he's a, um, a nutrition coach at my, um, <clears throat> CrossFit gym. Um, Really nice guy. Like I tell him all the time, I'm like, you just need to be a therapist because I don't don't sit there and he's like, if I start looking at the scale, he's like, we're not even doing the scale today. (laughs) He's like, stop looking at the scale and I'm like, I can't. He's like, okay, look at the scale and I'm like, uh. <laughs> and he
1: knew, like, hey, it's not going to go anywhere, but yeah. he let you do it anyway. Yeah. yeah.
2: But he sits in, like, in a, and this is where I think some people are natural born therapists. Mm. Um, and, you know. Well, there's
1: therapeutic things happen all the time. We yeah. talk about that. You can have therapeutic yeah. friendships, therapeutic movies, therapeutic mm-hmm. experiences. So I think, and we talk about the whole body person, right? As you're mm. losing weight or you're getting healthier, it definitely impacts other parts of your life it mentally, does. emotionally, psychologically. Yeah. yeah.
2: And he, and so he, I mean, he, he, like, it's just a good, deep connection that I feel through the roles. and safety, yeah. Yeah, and this is something we both shared. And he's kind of like, when we meet, it almost feels like a reset button.
1: Mm.
2: Like, it feels like this kind of, okay, yeah, I am doing that right now. And, and then I can't get, like, on my merry way again. Mm. And I think that that's, for me, the reason why that's so important is throughout, you know, my postdoc or my internship, moving around, you know, going from moved to Santa Barbara, to Delaware for internship, then Wisconsin for my postdoc, and then Pittsburgh for my current job. Like, I started to fall back into some of those old habits. habits. Yeah, Yeah, that then led to the insecurities again. And so knowing that that's a a scar that started to get rubbed a little bit, I know that, okay, I'm I'm coming back right now, and I just need for maybe the next several months or maybe the next half a year that this is something I need to just be with and be present Mm -hmm. so that way I'm not clouded when I'm working with others. Right. That's important, but more than anything, it's like that is just so feels therapeutic. And I'm gonna cheat and tell you one more thing uh, about about the the no, don't do it. You can't do it. We said one. Okay, ahead. Okay, cool. But again, this comes back to the connection. So I also have um, my I started taking a violin. Oh wow! As an adult, yeah, because that's always something I wanted to do. That's awesome. But I was always like, there's not enough time, which it's hard in grad school. But then at a certain point I was like, well, I'm an adult, I'm not gonna be good. <laughs> and I was like, Nope. If we don't do it now, we're never gonna do it. And so I have a, a violin teacher wow. who's just, again, it's the connection. And you know, and he's like, I never work with adults, like adult clients, and this is kinda cool. And I'm like, Yeah. And it feels nice to come back to something creative mm. that I'm doing it, not like, yeah, I wanna be, I wanna be able to do a sonata or whatever, but um, I'm doing it for the process.
1: It's more of a gift to you it's than gift. anything else. Yeah.
2: And so I'm thinking about out of purchasing these connections with people. Um, right? That's what once I guess that's what that's we do as therapists too, right? Yes, we do.
1: Yeah. They're purchasing a connection um, with us. But the purchasing,
2: but it's a connection is still there past that. I
1: can right. I thinking, think. And so I would say those two connections. And that work are, happens yeah. even outside of those contexts, right? I mean that. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll say right now that after you head home and you and I finish, I'll still have some imprint from this time with you. Mm. You know, and so that's why I think those connections go beyond just like the face to face. They they keep happening and kind of keep marinating, you know, like yeah. a good like a good wine. That's wine's ferment. They don't <laughs> well, marinate. Yeah, I was going to say switch like gears. Like a marinating wine. 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 Yeah, mm. Marinated <laughs> wine. <laughs> I love marinated wine. No, I'm just imagining that's my beef favorite. bits
2: and like in my wine
1: I love beef in my wine. <laughs> Yeah, it a switched wine does switched. pair well with
0: Meat bits—that's <laughs> true. That yeah, have been marinated, bits. but we some want to bits. be so. Can we
2: put it into a blender? We all want our little health smoothies. That could be like one of those. Pay- that's paleo. That's keto, right? It, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, sure, maybe <laughs> some grapes and some. It might not be chunks. something that someone's going to start a, yeah.
1: a restaurant and they just take your wine and your meat bits and blend them and bring them out to you. I'd be you like the new pop-up experience I prefer bitch. to keep my wine and meat bits separate. All personally. right, weirdo, I'm just saying. <laughs>
2: yeah, a
1: little, little too compartmentalized. Need to talk about this. I might need to later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of part one with Todd Avalar contempt of psychology specialist and I just we loved the time so much we had to just keep going with it but something that really stuck out to me was how much he talked about leaning into imperfection and you and I know that we're both big champions about being vulnerable and exposing yourself and that's actually the strongest place I loved how Todd kept talking about that's been a source of growth for him as leaning into that imperfection so what about you, Mitch? What really stood out for you in that time with, with Todd? I really loved how Todd brought up uh, having
0: mentors uh, at, along his growth journey. Um, and it, that really struck a chord with me. I think it's super important um, that we, as we travel down this road called life, that, uh, that we gather really supportive, positive people um, to help kind of uh, guide the way sometimes. Um, and that's really special. If if you can if you can find the right mentor, mm-hmm. so I really liked how he talked about that, um, and so I'm just so excited um, to keep going with this. And we want you all to please tune in for part two with Todd coming up soon. Um, and uh, yeah, we look forward
1: to seeing seeing you all again. And thanks for joining us, guys. Yep, <laughs> see you next Peace. week. Peace.